traveling. All right, someone else? Charlotte? finish the um, lesson that we've started in Matthew 25. Open your Bibles there, please. Matthew 25. had um, we had two lessons on this and and then I, w I was going to try to finish one more and then we had Bible school last last Wednesday so um, I don't know if you remember how far we'd got but um, this here in Matthew 25 there there really um, two Two parables are given. There's the parable of the ten virgins, and there's the parable of the uh, the men that were given the talents. And these are what are called kingdom of heaven parables. Now, not all parables that the Lord gave, and they're all uh, in the Gospels, but not all of them were kingdom of heaven parables. Anytime it's a kingdom of heaven parable, it will that'll be the preface. It, then shall the kingdom of heaven be like unto. And, and I told you that the kingdom of heaven, now you have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven that's mentioned in the Bible. I believe they're separate. I don't believe that they're the same thing. Of course, the kingdom of heaven, you know, is part of the overall kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is just his overall reign, his overall, uh, ooh, he's the king of everything. <clears throat> but the kingdom of heaven, and I showed, I had a diagram that we, we showed you on the screen there. Um, the kingdom of heaven is in the kingdom of God, but in that, in the kingdom of heaven, there, there are both saved and lost people. Now, let me explain the kingdom of heaven is a sphere of profession. And in Matthew 13, you've got seven parables that are given. All of them are about the kingdom of heaven. And, uh, and the Lord is showing there that in the kingdom of heaven, you have both saved and lost people because it's a sphere of profession, not possession. Um, bro broadly speaking, the... Uh, the kingdom of heaven would be that be the or the church. It's the uh, the Lord is the king over all redeemed people. The, those are the people that make up the church. 
And so in that, just, just like I've, I've mentioned to you several times before, in, in the churches, in our churches, you have people that are lost. Now, they may not all know that they're lost, but, but you have people that are members, church members, and they're not, they're not saved people. Um, I've had, during the years I've been pastoring, I've had uh, a number of people that have come. Uh, a lot of times it, it was when they got saved when they were very young, maybe five, six, seven, or eight years old. And, and so after they got older, they, you know, did, they were not sure that they totally understood when, uh, you know, when they were young. And so, um, and, and some of them don't believe that they were saved when they were young. So, <clears throat> so you have that kind of thing. I, I hope that I have made it clear enough to, that you understand that in the kingdom of heaven and in, in all, all seven of those parables on the kingdom of heaven, you have you you have tares and wheat. You have uh, good fish, bad fish. It's showing there that there that in the kingdom of heaven that you do have you have both saved and lost people. And same and, and broadly speaking, as I said, that's that's the way it is in the church. There there are there there are genuine children of God, and there are those who are not genuine. Among the true, there are the false. Uh, we learned that all through Matthew's gospel. Uh, the, the, there will be other parables that the Lord gives, but, but uh, ma the majority of the kingdom of heaven parables are given in the gospel of Matthew. And, uh, and in those parables, you have the good soil and the bad. You have the houses with foundation and houses without. Uh, there are people going on the broad way and the narrow way, going through a broad gate and a narrow gate. There are those who are virgins with oil, and there are virgins without oil. Uh, there's the wheat, uh, the wheat and the tare. And uh, and now here in in this parable that that we have been looking at in the last uh, last two lessons that we've had, you have true servants and then you have false servants. And uh, That begins, uh, the, this here, it begins in verse uh, 14. The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling in a far country. I won't take the time to read all of that again because uh, we've gone through that in earlier lessons. But uh, they, uh, here you have, you have this uh, master, this it's called Lord here, but the word Lord just means master. And uh, in those days, it was common to have servants. Uh, you didn't have manufacturing plants like we have now. You didn't have places that made automobiles and electric irons and stuff like that. So most of the employment was servants serving in, in the homes or, or in the fields or, or shepherds, uh, things like that. You had, you had these servants. This this does not mean that these people, because they're called servants here, that they were that they were saved. Now we find out that two of them were, but one of them was not. the The thing that has been uh, distressing to people is that 
here when the Lord the Lord uh, is dealing with the man who was given the one talent and he went and hid it and uh, when he brought it, he just had the one talent he brought back and 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 so the Lord told to him uh, or said to him um, take take from the talent that he that he hath and give it unto him which hath ten talents for everyone that that has shall be given and he shall have abundance but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath and and here's the thing that disturbs people and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth now this this obviously cannot be talking about a servant who was who was saved can it because a saved person could never be cast into hell. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about hell. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I I heard heard a story about a businessman that just opened his business and it was brand new and and he uh, just trying to get his office organized and he sat behind his desk waiting for his first client. And a man came through the door and no sooner did the man walk in the office than then the businessman began to act. He began to uh, act like he was talking to a customer on the phone. He, he had picked up the phone and had a lengthy conversation with with uh, the person that he he had, he was uh, pretending this man was the president of some large company or something. And and after the uh, man stood in front of the desk for a long time, listen to this. The man behind the desk hung the phone up. And he said, pardon me, sir. He said, I, I'm sorry to make you wait. That was the president of, and he named some corporation. And he said, now what can I do for you? And the man said, I'm just here to hook up your telephone. And, and I'm afraid there's some people who would have us believe they're having a conversation with God, but the phone's not hooked up. And the church can't tolerate that kind of situation. It, it has to bring that to exposure. There are, there are virgins without oil in their lamps. And uh, there are houses without foundation. There are tares that look like wheat. There's soil that seems to flourish for a little while but has no depth. There's a net caught, as it were, in the kingdom that has to be sorted out, uh, the good from the bad, the good fish from the bad. And there are servants, true servants and false servants. The picture of the parable before us is a picture of the kingdom of heaven. And within the outward visible kingdom, uh, which is the church, broadly speaking, are contained the true and the false. And again, it is a, this is a parable of warning. The Lord has simply said, I'm coming back, and when I come, I'm going to separate the true from the false. I'm going to separate the wheat from the tares. I'm going to separate the house with the foundation from the one without, uh, determine the good soil and the bad. We're going to find out whether the road you're on really goes to heaven or not. We're going to sort out the sheep and the goats. All, all distinctions are going to be made when I come in my glory, so you better be ready. <clears throat> and back in uh, chapter 24, the previous chapter, verse 36, he said, because the day and the hour when the Lord comes knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven nor the Son, but my Father uh, only. So he's saying here, all of us must be ready for the coming of the Lord because no man knows 
when he's coming. <clears throat> the Bible uh, teaches that there are signs that will actually be preceding his second coming, which will be at the end of this seven-year tribulation period. <clears throat> and there are signs of the tribulation, and we, we're experiencing signs of the tribulation already. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. Anybody that writes a book or tries to uh, uh, set a date and tell you this is when it's going to come because there's these uh, formulas and all that stuff that they think they found in the Bible, um, that's, not, that's not so. That's not true. Uh, no man knows the day and the hour. There aren't any hidden secrets, any hidden formulas in the Bible that uh, that's only uh, disclosing to a few people when the Lord's coming back. Jesus said, no man, no man knows the day and the hour. And, and you see the disciples, they had asked the question back in chapter 24, verse 3, when shall these things be? And the Lord, uh, I, I know I brought this out to you before, uh, five times he said, you don't know, and no one knows, no one can know, only, only God, only the Father knows. The time of the coming of Christ is unknown to us, we don't know the moment or the hour. We know the, we can know the general sense because described in detail for us in chapter 24 and beginning verse 4 and running down through verse 35. We know the general setting, but we don't know the uh, specific day nor hour uh, when the Lord is coming back. <clears throat> and the Lord, in emphasizing it must be ready, he gives these two parables that here in Matthew chapter 25 two parables about readiness the first one in the in the first 12 verses is the parable of the virgins and the second verses 14 through 30 is the parable of the talents now both of these parables emphasize the need for readiness the need for watchfulness uh, the need for preparedness for the coming of the lord the parable of the virgins i told you uh, in our last lesson, emphasizes watching, being alert, watching. The parable of the talents emphasizes working, serving, fulfilling our duty. We don't we don't watch uh, in indolence and laziness. We watch and work at the same time. We're alert. We're ready. We're prepared if he comes. But until he comes, we're diligent and faithful in serving him. And so these two balance out the privilege that the Christian need to have. <clears throat> so now, uh, coming up to where, which we'll, we'll try to make this the last, the last lesson here tonight, uh, we find here a call to preparedness. And what is the emphasis here? What do we need to know to be prepared for the second coming? To be prepared for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, to judge the world and establish his kingdom. What do, what do men need to know? First of all, we've already seen the, the first two and then go on to, on to the, uh, and, and I'm talking about in this, in this parable that's given here, we, we've seen, we've gone through two points already. Uh, the, the first one, if you recall, I don't know, maybe some of you wrote it down. I know some of you do take notes. The responsibility we receive. Within the framework of the kingdom, we received a great responsibility. 
Now notice verse 14. He said it's like a man traveling into a far country. What is, what is, what is like a man traveling in a far country? The kingdom. He said the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And to the one he gave five talents, to another two, another one, to every man according to his ability, and took his journey. Now I pointed out to you that, that the word talent, uh, the, 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 actually the, the technical uh, definition of the word talent here has to do with weights. It is a weight. A talent was a, a weight of 100 pounds. <clears throat> but but uh, so uh, here, uh, and we often use it, you know, we use it like a talent, like, you know, singing or, uh, you know, or teaching or preaching or whatever. <clears throat> but, but, but technically the word talent has to do with, with weight. So, so, and I mentioned to you that, so probably... What, what happened here was this uh, Lord, this master, gave to each of these servants here a certain amount of silver coinage. That was, that was a lot of the um, kind of currency that, that was used at that time. And so, so um, in one bag, there would have been five talents. He gave that to one man and the other two, he gave that to another man, and then another one, and he gave that to the third man. So uh, that takes us into point number two, and that's the reaction we have, and, and I've already dealt with those, so I'm not, I'm not going back uh, because it takes too much time, and we want to try to finish this up uh, here tonight. But we have the, we have first of all the responsibility, and then the reaction and uh, verse 16, then what is done with, with spiritual opportunity? He that received the five talents immediately went and traded with the same and made other five talents. Now, here's a person who makes a 100% return on the investment the Lord's given him. He, he maximized his uh, spiritual privilege. He returned back to the Lord full service. He's a true believer, a genuine Christian. He gave the Lord all that he had. He got a full 100% return. And, and it doesn't matter what kind of a business person you are, 100% return on anything is good. That, that's maximal. That's an extra return. Uh, the point being that he illustrates the kind of person who makes the most of spiritual opportunities. That's really what this is about. It's making the most of your spiritual opportunities. That's the purpose of this, of this uh, parable. And, uh, and so here, here's a man who made, he made the most of his spiritual opportunities and, and, and actually uh, gained twice what, uh, what he had been given. <clears throat> and then, then going down to verse 17, uh, he that had received two, he gained two more. The, the servant who received two did the same thing. He had limited privilege in terms of comparing him with the five, uh, but he made the use of the privilege that he had. See, all, all, uh, not all of us have the same privileges, same opportunities. And I mean that by that, uh, depending on what our, what our 
circumstances are our abilities. You know, I mean, we, we, you look around here, and I know this is a small crowd tonight, but, but even in this crowd here tonight, uh, there, there are several, you know, there's different abilities, different opportunities. And, and uh, what are we doing with those opportunities? What do, what do, we, what are we doing? How, how are we serving the Lord with the, with the privileges, opportunities that the Lord has given us? Uh, some of you are Sunday school teachers. That, that's a special privilege. That is a, that is a, uh, an opportunity and a privilege that, that God has given to you. What are you doing with that? What are you doing with that? Uh, some of you, you know, you, you have musical ability. What, what are you doing with that? What are you doing with that privilege? What are you doing? Are you serving the Lord with, with those privileges? Do you understand what I'm trying to get across? How uh, we have different abilities. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a preacher. I'm a, God has called me to be a preacher. I have, a, I have a, the privilege, opportunity of preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has given me that, that opportunity. He's given me that privilege. Uh, what am I doing with that? What am I doing with that? Am I, am I serving uh, to the best of my ability? Am I taking advantage of the opportunities that the Lord gives me in that area? So, uh, so, so that's, I want you to understand that, that here, what, what this is really talking about is the, uh, the, the abilities, the opportunities, the, the privileges we have as servants of the Lord. And so uh, that's the, the reaction, the reaction that we have. Now, uh, the guy that was given the five, he gained, he gained five more. He doubled the guy. Now, that means that he had, he had more ability, had more uh, privileges than the one who was given the two. But the one who was given the two did the exact same thing. He doubled his. And, and I pointed out to you before that the, the commendation and the reward was exactly the same. The guy that had the five that doubled his, the Lord said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Make you rule over many. Same thing with the two. He had doubled his. The Lord made the same commendation. You've been faithful over a few things. It'll make you ruler over many. Uh, and, and, and then and I'll say some more about it. I don't, I don't want to get uh, too far ahead of of what my last point here is going to be, <clears throat> but uh, with both of them, he he made a statement. He ended it with, "Enter thou into the joy of the Lord." And uh, but then then you come to the one in verse eighteen, the one who received one talent. He went and dug in the earth, hid his Lord's money. Now here's the mark of a false servant. He made nothing in terms of effort. Absolutely nothing. He didn't do anything to, to uh, use that, that talent, that, that uh, opportunity. He did nothing. He thought about nothing, invested in nothing. He, he's not a true believer. He's a virgin with no oil. There's no fruit in his life. There's no inward grace in his life. Nothing. No service rendered. He did nothing. He buried it, and that's it. 
He illustrates the one who's given privileges but doesn't return the opportunity given to him. He doesn't take advantage, does not use it. When he hears the gospel, he doesn't respond to it. And even though he's heard it on a limited basis, he's still, he's still responsible. Now that brings us then to the third, to the third point, and that is the reckoning. The reckoning. I have first the reliability, second the reaction, and then the third thing we need to know if we're going to be ready is the reckoning. There's coming a time of reckoning. And that's the emphasis here. Master, five talents you delivered me tells that he knew the source of everything was the Lord. He said, you gave me five, delivered five. Uh, he's not boasting here. There's no pride here. There's no uh, uh, self-style sort of spirituality here. He's saying, five talents you gave me. I recognize the source of every privilege. I recognize the source of every opportunity, of every liability. I have what I have because of you, not because of me. Five talents you gave me, but behold, and uh, it, this is a this is an exclamation. It's it's a uh, uh, you know it's it's a statement of joy here, wonder. Five more talents have I gained. I recognize that you're you're the source, but I also rejoice that I was. Faithful in responding. No different than the Apostle Paul in writing to Timothy when uh, he, he made the statement, I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. Paul said, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I know I'm going to receive a reward when I get there. And that's not, that's not ego. That's not pride. That's a sense of fulfillment. That's a sense of rejoicing. That's a desire to go to be with the Lord that you've loved and served. Uh, to receive the good things from his hand that he promises to his servants. <clears throat> but the Lord, uh, the Lord is so generous. He's so gracious. He doesn't, he doesn't stop there. He says to the servant, You've been, you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you a ruler over many things. You've proven you're trustworthy. You've proven you're good. If you can handle a few things, I'm going to put you over a lot of things. Now, I, I don't have time to go into great detail about this, but uh, this, this is speaking of, this is, this is about you and me. Because you see, we're we're right on the precipice of the rapture. We're uh, the rapture could happen at any moment. So this this talking about us. What are we doing with the opportunities that the Lord has given us? What you, you take the whatever whatever you're calling by that. I mean, whether you're teaching, whether you're a deacon, uh, whether you're singing a choir, whether you're a music director, whether you're a sound man, you know, usher, whatever. Whatever, whatever it is that the Lord is, that you're serving the Lord in, uh, are, are you doing your best? Are you doing your best? Are, are, you, are you looking forward to the Lord's well done, thou good and faithful servant? You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many. What is he talking about? I'll make you ruler over many. 
Well, if the rapture were to take place tonight, the tribulation period, every saved person on earth would be raptured out. There'll be nobody left on earth that's saved. Now, during the tribulation period, there will be, because there will be preaching the gospel, there's going to be 144,000 Jews that will turn to the Lord, they will be saved, and so they will become evangelists all over the world. They'll go out all over the world preaching the gospel. Uh, plus the fact, people that get saved, there will be people that get saved, there'll be some of them then that will begin to preach the gospel. The Bible even says there's an angel from heaven that goes out all over the world uh, preaching the gospel. So, so there, there will begin to be people getting saved during the tribulation period. Now, I believe that 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, teaches that, that anybody in this age, this is back before the rapture, anybody that has heard the gospel and had an opportunity to be saved, but they reject the Lord, I believe that when the rapture takes place and they're left, that they will not be saved during the tribulation period. Because the Bible says they will believe a lie. That is the lie of the, of the Antichrist. And they're, and they're, <clears throat> they're going to receive the mark of the beast. They're not, <clears throat> they're not going to be saved. So who will all these multitudes of people be? Because the Bible says that uh, when, when God was revealing to John, the Apostle John, book of Revelation, John talks about seeing these multitudes. In fact, uh, he, he even uses the term innumerable, uh, without number. There, there's going to be millions of people saved during the tribulation period. So who are they? Well, uh, we've, we've heard, I know all of you have heard because we've had missionaries tell us this. Plus the fact I've read this in, uh, you know, in uh, books that tell about uh, how many people in the world have, are without the gospel, never heard the gospel. They don't know what a Bible is. Don't know who Jesus Christ is. They're, they're two-thirds of the world, as I understand it, has never heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So those people, they'll be, they'll be the ones that'll be getting saved, people that have never heard the gospel. They will be getting saved. So when, when at the end of the tribulation period, when the Bible talks about the second coming of Christ, it's not talking about the rapture. The rapture precedes the second coming. You all understand that, don't you? Uh, the, the rapture, as soon as the rapture takes place, the tribulation period will begin. The tribulation period will not begin until we're raptured out. Because we, because we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we are a restraining influence against the rise of the Antichrist and of, uh, you know, and then just total lawlessness throughout all, all over the earth. We, we are re a restraining influence. So, but as soon as, uh, as soon as the rapture takes place, <clears throat> uh, tribulation period begins on the earth, seven years of it, and it flows out with the battle of Armageddon, and that's when the Lord comes back, and the Lord then sets up his kingdom, his thousand-year reign here on the earth. <clears throat> Those people who have been saved during the tribulation period 
will, 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 they'll remain here on the earth. This will begin the millennial reign of Christ, the thousand-year reign of Christ, and they will remain here on the earth in their physical body, just like what we have. We will come back in our glorified body, but it will be a body, and it will be uh, similar enough to this body that it will be recognizable. We will know each other. <clears throat> uh, but but there, there will be millions of people on this earth in their physical body. Do you understand? Uh, these, these will be the people that those who have been good servants in this age, when the Lord shall make you rule over many, this will be, these will be the people, the people on the earth during the millennium that we will be ruling over. That, uh, the, the government of God is going to be established on the earth and, and, uh, and we were going to be like now in our, in our day, you know, you have, you have mayors, you have chief police, you have sheriffs, you have uh, uh, governors, you have senators, you have uh, representatives, you have presidents, you have kings, all that. <clears throat> uh, there will be some kind of rank during the millennium, and also then it will, it will continue over in eternity after the millennial reign it will continue over we will continue to rule and reign for all eternity <clears throat> now uh, the but here before before all of that this ruling and reigning uh, I believe I believe that a simple way to uh, put that would be that that even in this life now, the Lord, if, if, we, if we're using our opportunities well, I believe the Lord then will give us greater opportunities. Uh, this may not be a good illustration, but uh, I, before I was called to preach, I, I, was, I was saved for 10 years. We were, most of that time, we were in, uh, the church there in Orlando, Temple Baptist Church in Orlando. I served there from almost immediately when we uh, we we moved. I started working there at the Martin Company, and uh, and so we immediately moved to Orlando. <clears throat> we were living here in Winter Haven, over here on West Central, and um, but when I got the job, that was before the interstate and all, and so. Uh, I, I knew there was no way that I, I'd be able to drive back and forth, you know, living here in Winter Haven, and and so uh, we went ahead, and so we we asked our pastor here, uh, you know, what's a good church there, you know, who'd, who'd be a good pastor, and and so he recommended someone. We went on Sunday morning, and uh, we didn't particularly care for it. Uh, we found out later that the pastor was a hyper Calvinist. And, uh, and, of course, at that time, I didn't know what in the world that was all about. But I just knew I didn't like the way they conducted the services. And so that night, we went over to Temple Baptist, a new church. It hadn't been in existence very long. They had just uh, erected a building. Didn't even have a ceiling in it. Just exposed rafters there and concrete floor. Um, they had homemade pews. They had Somebody had built some pews with just lumber and there were spaces between like between the little boards like this you know 
I said, you, you think these pews are uncomfortable? You know, you don't know what uncomfortable is. <laughs> you sit on one of those kind of pews. But uh, I had a little eight-year-old girl playing the piano. And she'd hit a note every now and then. And, uh, and Brother Smith trying to lead the singing. If you think I'm bad, you should have seen him. <clears throat> but uh, uh, we went on Sunday night, and, and, uh, and I told Janice, I said, uh, this is where this is where we're going to be. That's, I, I fell in love with it right away, and so we joined the church that night. And uh, and right away I started teaching. I had been teaching when I was here, and uh, we started teaching. And um, I, I was we we had maybe about a year. I, I don't think it was much over a year when when uh, Brother Smith. Uh, talked to him, he said, I want you to be a deacon, and so I became a deacon. Uh, during that time, I, I was, the whole time we were there, after I had become a deacon, I, I was, remained a deacon. I was church treasurer, I drove a bus, that was back before we called it bus ministry, it was just mostly for uh, transportation more than anything else. <clears throat> uh, I, I, you know, I did anything that I was asked to do, I served the Lord well. Uh, and so the Lord said, well, you know, this guy's going to be all right. So I think I'll just call him to preach. So I, I moved up. I moved up a, a notch. I became I became a, a preacher because that's what God called me to do. Now, I, I know that may not be a good illustration, but what I'm trying to show you is even in this life, if you serve the Lord well, He'll he'll give you other opportunities. He'll he'll you know you'll have greater chances to <clears throat> to serve him even more. Even more. So um, so in heaven, um, I know our time our time's running out. But uh, in heaven, you know, uh, sometimes you see little cartoons and show somebody you know dressed like an angel with a halo over their head and that's supposed to be a Christian you know, up there on a cloud sitting up there on a cloud that's not what heaven's going to be about um, to me to me the, the greatest joy in life is serving the Lord is, is serving the Lord we're going to get to do that throughout eternity but you see we're going to be able to do it in a in a glorified immortal body and, and, and we're going to be, be like Jesus. And uh, just like uh, the Lord Jesus said to the Father, I came to do thy will, O God. That's what we're going to want to do throughout eternity. We want to do, we want to do God's will. We want God's will for our, for our, our lives. And, and we're, it, it's going to be a joy to serve him. Now, I, I don't know what all we will be doing because, you know, I mean, goodness, all eternity, and 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 we, you know we we can go anywhere we want to go. It's uh, we're, we're not going to be limited like we are we are now, and so um, serve, serving the Lord. And let me let me say this. I I'll, I'll try to make this brief, but I, I I know I know this is hard to explain. When you get to heaven. 
you, you won't have, have the sense of, uh, of relative service. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, you're not, you're not going to be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm a, a janitor over there in the left wing and I'll be fully pushing a holy broom forever and forever. There's not going to be, there's not going to be that. There, you, I mean, it's not going to be, you won't have that, that sense about that, that you're less than somebody else. And, and I know that's hard. It's hard to explain, hard to understand because it's hard to explain. <clears throat> but uh, you see, in, in, uh, in God's realm, in the angelic realm, there are ranks. There are ranks. The angels are they're in different ranks. You have, you have what, which is the higher or, highest order of angelic beings are the cherubim. The cherubim. Uh, you have that are, they may be equal, but, but it's a different rank, the seraphim. You have cherubim, you have seraphim. You have uh, what, what I believe the Bible is pretty, pretty plain to me about it anyway. You have an archangel. I don't believe that there's but one archangel. Michael is called the. There's a definite article there, the archangel, which, which uh, means one. He's over, he's over hordes of angelic beings. You have uh, you have what the Bible refers to as principalities, powers, thrones, dominions. Those are different ranks of angelic beings, and 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 there there's order. And see, they're they they have different different responsibilities, obligation, different. Uh, services, different things that they do. The Bible speaks of angels being ministering spirits, and and right now with the uh, with the human race, uh, they're they're pretty busy watching over us, ministering to us. The good the good angels. The Bible speaks about having. You know, you've heard you've heard people say you have a guardian angel. <clears throat> That's really. That's really not a correct term. We have guardian angels. We have they're, they're ministering spirits, plural, and and so uh, for most of us, it takes more than one <laughs> to uh, to guard us, keep us out of trouble, and uh, keep us from hurting our own selves. But uh, but then this this marvelous statement here: "Enter thou into the joy of the Lord." We'll we'll not only receive a verbal commendation of the Lord and uh, not only will we receive uh, service capacity to serve him eternally but we will enter into the very joy of the Lord himself now listen to that very carefully enter thou into the joy of the Lord enter thou into the joy now that means the same joy that Jesus has we will have enter thou into the joy of of the Lord. I can't even begin to imagine what that entails. But enter thou into the joy of the Lord. <clears throat> same, the same joy that Jesus experiences, we will be able to. Now, uh, now let me let me close here. The 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 one that had the, with the one talent, he came and said, "Lord, I I knew thee. I knew that you were a hard man, reaping." where you hadn't sown, gathered where you hadn't spread. And I was afraid. I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, here's what's yours. 
<clears throat> so now, you see, you go from these servants that, that were genuine, true servants who had, who had done well with the uh, talents that they had been given. And here you come, this guy, and his, he, uh, he hadn't done anything. He produced nothing. <clears throat> uh, so, so first of all, he's revealed as an unbeliever by his lack. His lack. He didn't, there, there was no servant. He didn't do anything. There was no fruit. And then second, we're, we know that he was an unbeliever by his attack on the Lord. He, he attacks the character of his master. And he said, I know, I knew that you were a hard man. Now, he, he's, uh, he's not, you know, he, he, he doesn't have the right attitude about the Lord. He, uh, He's he uh, he's illustrative of a man who just who just wasted opportunity, like a man that he's heard the gospel, but he rejects it. He, I you know I want no part of it. Uh, you know, or they or they put it off. They 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 have heard. They've been given the opportunity to be saved, but they they reject the Lord. They they don't take advantage of the opportunity. Wasted wasted opportunity. He, he lived in the environment of redemption. He said he served the Lord, but he didn't. So it'd be like somebody being a church member, but they're not saved. And it might be, you know, maybe they sing in the choir, might, you know, be an usher, might uh, sometimes, you know, might even uh, teach a Sunday school class. But, but so they're in that atmosphere, but, but, but they, don't, they don't really get saved, not really saved. And um, and then he accuses his master of reaping where he had not sown, and gathering where he hadn't where he hadn't strode, where he hadn't spread. And what he was doing, he was accusing his master of stealing somebody else's crop. When you reap what you didn't sow, then you're harvesting somebody else's work, right? And when you gather where you had to scatter, you're picking up somebody else's wheat. He said, I know two things about you. You're hard, you're ungracious, and, and two, you take things from other people. Now, see, that, that tells you this guy wasn't saved. He couldn't be saved in making that kind of accusation. But then, uh, uh, then here, here's the... Uh, final thing last on the Bible says here he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet they shall gather together his no wait a minute I'm in the wrong wrong chapter there um, he said uh, from for everyone that hath shall be given he that hath not he that hath and he shall have abundance but from him that hath not shall he shall be taken away even that which he had. Now the question is, why did the Lord give that to the fellow that already had the ten? Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. Uh, God, He doesn't have to give an explanation for everything He does. Maybe He. Maybe He knew it, 
it was that he knew that this guy, he had done a good job with the five he had, made ten out, so he'd do a, he'd do a job with the other. But notice what it says in verse 30. And cast ye the unprofitable servants into outer darkness, there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, um, let me just sum it up very simply. In the kingdom, in the church, in the assembly of the redeemed, there are going to be those who are prepared and serving the Lord, and there are going to be those who are unprepared and who outwardly may be active, but they're not ready for his coming. And when the Lord comes, there'll be a separation based upon their the service rendered to him. But if, if it's a is a uh, and a servant that is not serving the Lord, he is not doing anything, then that is proof that that person is not saved. All right, uh, would you stand, please? Now, Heavenly Father, I pray you bless the lesson. I pray, Lord, that uh, you would help us to learn from this, and Lord, I pray that we would uh, each of us, Lord, that we would be just stewards that we would take the opportunities the privileges the uh, abilities those things Lord that you have uh, given to us and those opportunities that you do give us and Lord that we would be good stewards of that that we would not be like the unprofitable servant but be like those that that used the abilities the talents that they had and and actually double those and was able to bring back to the Lord twice what they had been what they had been given. Lord, I think that all of us tonight, all serious Christians, would be um, happy when we to be able to when we stand before the Lord, to be able to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many. Enter, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. <clears throat> For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I will give you an opportunity to <clears throat> pray if you want to come to the